Hello, my name is Noelle Diane Johnson, and this is Healing Spaces, the Artist Heal podcast. Artist Heal creates healing and care spaces for collaborative art making, and here we discuss collaborative art making, elements to create healing and care spaces, and the pathways that allow art makers and creativity to thrive. Thank you so much for joining me. If you're new, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. Hello, everyone. I'm so thrilled to be here with you all again. Thank you all for jumping on the podcast with me. Um, And before we jump into today's topic, I'm really, really thrilled to share that Artist Heal is partnering with the Black Theater Alliance of Philadelphia, BTAP Philly, to offer two Reset and Restore workshops for Black theater artists in the greater Philadelphia region. So part of the programming of Artist Heal is workshops um, where I'm sharing out this information that I've been developing, the research, um, pathways and methods to create healing and care spaces for collaborative art making. And this workshop in particular is for Black artists. It's gonna be for Black theater artists working with the Black Theater Alliance of Philadelphia. And the Reset and Restore workshops specifically provide an exclusively Black identified space to process harm, to begin or continue your healing journey. And what we're really going to look at in these workshops as theater starts to return, um, collaborative art making starts to return with, you know, the shifts and the changes that are happening in the world is how we navigate the obstacles that arise when creating or working in specifically predominantly white institutions, predominantly white spaces, or for predominantly white audiences. Um, This workshop is designed for Black theater artists looking to expand their toolkits and gain confidence in identifying and navigating the barriers to collaborative art making in these spaces. We're trying to create and share accessible tools, practical pathways, along with effective resources that will allow Black theater artists to thrive. So I'm so thrilled to be partnering with the Black Theater Alliance of Philadelphia. All of the information will be below. There's a landing page with all of the information about the workshop. Um, You can also check out BTAP Philly. The Black Theater Alliance of Philadelphia is doing some really important, wonderful, um, you know, groundbreaking work in the city of Philadelphia. So check them out as well. And the workshops will be held at the Painted Bride Art Center on Monday, September 13th, the 20, 2021, from 5.30 to 9 p.m. So you've got an evening slot. And then the second workshop will be held on Saturday, September 18th, 2021. We're going to do an afternoon slot from noon to 3.30. This workshop is completely free, completely free to those who would like to participate and is sponsored by the Black Theater Alliance of Philadelphia. So if you're interested, Check out more, more information. There will be things in the description box. You can check out at Artist Heal on Instagram. Um, you can check out any of my Artist Heal platforms, artistheal.org. And the page with all of the information is artistheal.org slash reset dash restore dash workshop. Um, and the links will be down in the bios, in the description boxes. Um, And I hope to see you there. I hope to see you there. I'm really thrilled to be offering out some of this programming. Um, I'm really thrilled that it is going to be accessible in terms of finances and financially. And there are a couple of 
really cool perks and things that come with the workshop as well. So if you're interested, please feel free to check that out and get registered. Um, okay, let's jump in, y'all. I'm really excited about this episode of the podcast because in this episode, I will finally be introducing the Artist Heal Method and the four pillars to creating healing and care spaces for collaborative art making. I'm so excited to share this information in this way because um, it has been my intention. I believe it is the intention of many during this moment in the arts and culture sector to create self-liberating and equitable spaces. But when it comes down to it, especially for institutions, I think a lot of times folks really find themselves at a loss. Um, how do we do this, right? How do we make this happen? How do we create the change that we want to see in the industry? How do we create this shift? What tools do we need? What happens when we make a mistake? How do we continue to do this work and navigate the harm and turmoil that comes with the upheaval of dismantling systems and structures of white supremacy? And um, I've held off on sharing this information out because I was in a, you know, as a business owner, um, and I believe that's a that's a huge important part of artist heal as well. Advocating for oneself, advocating for yourself as your business, uh, specifically as marginalized artists, to make sure that we're doing the things for ourselves too that are best for us, that are best going to serve our businesses. Whether you have a business um, that's in the same structure, or you're running a nonprofit organization, or you're a freelance artist and you are your business. Um, I had to go through the process of kind of copywriting everything and getting everything nice and set. Um, but we're here. We're here. We're here. I'm finally ready to share this out. And I'm so excited to share it because in developing this method and practice, it was my goal to create something that was practical and accessible to folks interested in the mark, interested in this work, no matter where you find yourself on this journey. So... The events of last year, I feel like, were a huge launch pad um, for a lot of folks. And there are folks in this space now coming into the space of institutional change, um, wanting to shift the industry, wanting to do better, wanting to improve conditions for marginalized artists who, you know, this is new. This is new. Um, this is new territory. This kind of concept or this idea that a change needed to happen was, you know, just recently introduced to certain people within the last year to two years. And then there are also people who have made this their life's work, right? There are people that have made this their life's work. There are people that have been doing this work for decades, years, who um, there are folks who facilitate this work, who have been facilitating this work. Um, we're doing this work before it was popular. We're have been grinding. Their whole careers have been dedicated to this. So when I really got down to it, I was kind of like, okay, how do I bridge this gap? What's a way to bridge this gap between the folks that understand this and can speak about it and know about it and are very familiar with it and folks that are just now stepping into this work. And how do we remove the shame and the guilt and the um, 
blockades or barriers to having people from all different walks of life, no matter where you are in the journey, to be able to come together and be in the same space and work through things together. So we're all in different places. Um, and one thing that I really want to make clear and that I, and that I try my best to lead with is that there's no, you know, there's no make wrong. There's no do wrong. Um, operating within the systems and structures of white supremacy is harmful. It's abusive. It's a system that we want to do away with, that we want to dismantle, that we want to destroy. But operating within this system does not make you a bad person inherently. In the same way that, um, and I'll get into this when I start to talk about the pillars, but in the same way that someone who, you know, maybe possibly has been traumatized in their early life and goes on to then, you know, hurt people, hurt people, goes on to hurt other people, it's not an excuse. It's not excusable. There's definitely a need for accountability. But the core of who you are as a person is not a bad person. You're not an evil, harmful, bad person because you're operating in this way. There is simply a need to dismantle that system, dismantle these systems within ourselves and be able to do something different. So again, the goal is to make this process something that could be shared with communities, adopted by institutions, organizations, community groups, individuals, and leaders looking to engage in collaborative art making. And the four pillars used in this method are designed to be used as building blocks in practice and process and are key to creating healing and care spaces for collaborative art makers and prioritizing marginalized and vulnerable communities. And in my experience, what makes this method so effective is that it uses principles that work to develop aspects of self, develop artistry, develop process and practice. And the reason that I find that it ends up being effective is because these things are in direct conflict with many of the ways that white supremacy manifests itself in collaborative art making spaces. When we actively and intentionally work to strengthen these pathways and our understanding of these tools, we are then able to weaken the pathways, weaken the maladaptive pathways that have been normalized by white supremacy. And we see the change that we are seeking in the industries that we are working in. Um, so a lot of times I think too, there's a, there's a huge focus. The artist heal method, it really is designed to take the focus from one place and put it somewhere completely different. I think a lot of times folks want to focus on, okay, how do we dismantle this system? How do we destroy this thing? How do we move forward? How do we make this change? And what the artist heal method is saying and the core of it is focus on healing, focus on the healing, focus on the practice and the process, put your attention whether you're an individual, community group, institution, put your intention on these building blocks, on these concrete things that I'm going to present through the four pillars in the Artist Heal Method. And these things will start to become a, a result. In the same way that harm is a result of white supremacy, addressing these pillars, incorporating these pillars and using these pillars as building blocks 
the result and the byproduct is healing. And is and because these things are in direct conflict with white supremacy, that is where we start to find our results. That is where we start to find that it is a, an effective way to dismantle these systems and structures um, that run rampant within the collaborative art making space. So let's jump in, y'all. Let's jump in. The four pillars, I've been talking about this since I started the podcast, but I haven't really broken down. And if you've checked out the website, it's up there. Um, but I'm really going to go into it a little bit and um, just give you a little bit more information about what this is. I think going forward, there will be podcast episodes really talking about each of these principles. And honestly, each pillar, each idea with Artist Heal goes on and on and on and on. And that is the beauty of the Artist Heal method is that these things are being used as building blocks that you can come to time and time and time and time again. Because as you move forward on your journey, whether you've been at it, whether you're one of the people that just started this work and just started this journey within the past couple of years because it became, it, it, it was brought into your awareness or whether you're someone that's been at it for decades, for years, it's your life's work. There's always something new to learn. There's always something new to gain from this work, from this exploration. And when using these building blocks in this way, you can literally talk about these things forever. Um, so going forward, there will be more podcast episodes about each one. But just to give you a nice surface idea, these four pillars are used as the foundation of everything that has been developed through Artist Heal. So if you've checked out the website, if you've been listening to the podcast, if you've seen any of the things that Artist Heal has posted, um, there's programming, there's workshops, um, moving forward with, with doing this work in the community. And everything that Artist Heal does is really based in the Artist Heal Method and the Four Pillars is the basis of all the workshops, the podcast, obviously, um, production-based entertainment, any education, wellness practice shared through Artist Heal. And the four pillars are self and selfhood. Self and selfhood is the first pillar. The second pillar is to be trauma-informed. The third is creativity, collaboration, and communion. And the fourth is practical tools and pathways. And when using the four pillars to design your collaborative art making spaces and incorporate the principles offered by each pillar into your practices and processes, healing happens. Healing is the byproduct of using this method. So in my experience and with sharing this information with folks, it's almost... I find that folks find it as a relief. And for myself too, in my own practice, it is a relief to me. It is a relief to me when I have this process, this method to use when I'm going into collaborative art making spaces. Because if I can po put my focus on self and selfhood, if I can put my focus on being trauma informed, if I can put my focus on creativity, collaboration and communion, and I put my focus on obtaining and also providing practical tools and pathways, I worry a lot less about, am I doing it right? Am I making a mistake? Am I, you know, messing it up? Am I causing harm? Because if you incorporate these principles, these principles 
bring those things into focus. It allows you to release some of that energy. It allows you to put your energy into the collaborative art making space when the space is set up this way. And so through these four pillars, the Artist Heal Method provides practical tools for individuals and collaborators and consumers to one, identify the roles they fill in creating these spaces for themselves and others. So this is directly connected to the self and selfhood pillar. And what it really asks folks to do who are participating in using this method to create their collaborative art making spaces is to really turn the focus on yourself. Self and selfhood. Who are you? How do you identify as an artist? What role are you filling? Whether it be the role that's been assigned to you and, you know, typical theater or typical collaborative art making, you're the drummer, you're the director, you're the this, you're the that, right? Whatever that title is, but what is your role? What are you really giving to the space? What are you really giving to the community? What are your what are your skills? What are your strengths? What is it that you provide in a collaborative art making space? The second uh, the second idea here is to reduce and redress harm in real time through trauma informed practice, conflict resolution, and mediation. So being trauma informed is extremely important when it comes to the artist heal method. Um, being trauma-informed is extremely important when it comes to equity, diversity, and inclusion. Being trauma-informed is extremely important, especially if you're working with youth or with children, uh, marginalized young people. Being trauma-informed trauma is extremely important. And when it comes to breaking down and dismantling um, the systems and structures of white supremacy, being trauma-informed is of the utmost importance because white supremacy is an abusive system and structure. So really just identifying that if you're operating within white supremacy, if marginalized folks in vulnerable communities, which is the case because of the, the systems and structures, the world that we live in, if you're operating in an abusive system or structure, that is trauma. That is trauma. There is a... Um, high chance that something will be kicked up for someone or um, something something could be triggered in a space where white supremacy is present. So being trauma informed, sometimes I feel, sometimes I think that it kind of feels like a little distant or um, folks get a little afraid of it because they're not licensed professionals or feel there's, um, specifically within marginalized communities, there can be a lot of stigma around mental health and wellness, um, emotional health and wellness, seeking out and getting the help that folks need for trauma that they've been through, collective, institutional, or personal. But when you go into a space with a trauma-informed lens, it makes reducing and redressing harm in real time so much more accessible because there's an understanding of what's happening. There is an understanding of the reactions that a marginalized person might be having in the space, whether it's disassociation, whether it's anger, whether it's grief, whether it's sadness, whether it's frustration, whether it's um, 
you know, needing to leave, needing to whatever it is that needs to happen. When you go into a space with that lens, there's so much more access and understanding to tools that can be provided because mental health and wellness is just as important in terms of our artistic practice, especially as artists. Um, and I'm thinking about like actors and performers right now, but folks will talk about, you know, your body as an instrument, your voice as an instrument, um, this vessel that we live in, this vessel that we've been given and your mental and emotional health and wellness is so much a part of that. It's just as important as the physical. Um, so being trauma informed is extremely important. And I think that that can also relieve a lot of that pressure of making a mistake or doing it wrong, or are we going to get it right? Um, just going into it with that mindset. The third thing here is to embrace the power that is derived from interdependence and community engagement. And this goes into creativity, collaboration, and communion. And creativity, collaboration, and communion is definitely a podcast episode of its own. But I've talked about on the podcast before, creative receptor maintenance and how important creative receptor maintenance is. And when your creative receptors are well taken care of and can receive this information and are able to connect these three kind of ideas, this is when optimal artistry can come out and folks are really able to embrace interdependence. Interdependence is extremely important because it is where marginalized folks get our power from. It's where we get our power. It's where we get our strength. And it is white supremacy that tries to break down those connections. So again, self and selfhood, being trauma informed, and then going into being able to connect to one's own personal power and also collective power because of interdependence, because of being able to connect with folks is an extremely important part of the method as well. Um, I also discuss within the creativity, collaboration, and communion pillar, this idea that, you know, having two of them is great. Having one of them is great, but having all three is what really can take the collaborative art making space the piece that you're working on, the artistry to the next level. So I love to talk about this concept and we definitely will jump more into that in a future episode. And the fourth thing here is to disrupt destructive systems and structures of white supremacy while strengthening pathways that lead to healing, self-liberation, and equity. And, you know, this goes into research that's been done by really, really intelligent folks about the brain, about um, brain development, how specifically, um, you know, the triune brain and the different, the different levels of development in a child. But the thing that I like to focus on is how is that different from marginalized folks? How does the brain develop what are these milestones? What are these developmental milestones looking like for marginalized folks, for vulnerable communities? If 
there is an interruption and an important milestone um, of development for a six-year-old marginalized person, how does that affect the remainder of this child or this person's development? And what is the work that needs to be done to really disrupt those destructive structures and systems? Um, A lot of times, and I've found this in workshops too, is that a lot of marginalized folks start to deal with white supremacy at a very young age. That reality, um, what it means for their life, what it means for how they move in the world, that reality and that trauma, specifically in this world, specifically with what has just happened in the past couple of years, that happens to marginalized children at a very, very young age when they are still developing their sense of self, when they are still developing their survival mechanisms. So as you become an adult, what are the things that you can do to, one, identify when certain things were brought into your life, when certain awarenesses were happening, and how is that affecting you as an artist today? How is that affecting you as an adult and as an artist and as a collaborative art maker and as a collaborator today? And is it helpful? Is it harmful? Or is there room to make shift? So that's where the practical tools and pathways come into play. Um, and obviously, we want to weaken harmful pathways and strengthen positive ones, strengthen the ones that are going to create healing for us healing, self-liberation, and equity within space. And the four pillars of the Artist Heal Method are designed to aid. So aid is an acronym for ask, invite, and develop. Participants go through a process that leads to the creation of effective healing and care spaces for collaborative art making. And so users of this method are not only empowered to create communal environments where healing happens, but also allow the possibility of healing and restoration within their internal environments as well. So that's the thing that's so cool about the method is that not only is this about community and collaborative art making, but this is about us individually as artists too. Because what we bring to a community, what we bring to a space says so much and can really make such a change and difference in a collaborative art making space. I know sometimes folks feel like, and I feel like this is a thing that happens to artists too. It's like, I'm just one person. What can I do? And there's actually so much. Um, we all have so much influence. We all have so much to say. We all have different perspectives and different things going on with us. And when you go into a community and when you go into a collaborative art making space, what you think, what you say, how you show up, it matters and it's valuable. It's valuable. So with this method, I wanted to not only create something for institutions and leaders and organizations, but also something for the individual artist where growth could be achieved personally um, as well as collectively. And so we're inviting this. This is asking integral questions. We're asking integral questions through each of these pillars. We're inviting reflection through each of these concepts. And the method is also designed to develop the user's proficiency in each tool. 
and the ability to create these environments in their community. So, you know, if someone hands you a hammer, but you're using the back of the hammer, you may still be able to get the nail into the wall, but you're not at complete proficiency because you're not using it the way that it's designed to be used. And that is one of the things that white supremacy does is it will take the tools and it will take things and use them in ways that work, right? Ways that are ways that will still get the job done, but that are harmful and dysfunctional. So how can we take those tools and really shift them and create proficiency in um, doing not only the healing work for our communities, but for ourselves and, and really, really getting down to dismantling these structures and systems so that when we go into collaborative art making spaces, again, creativity can thrive. Creativity can thrive in the absence of white supremacy. Creativity can thrive in the presence of healing. Creativity can thrive specifically for Black and marginalized folks in ways that may be difficult in the presence of white supremacy. Um, how do we create a way to really become proficient in the tools and these new pathways and really strengthen these pathways so that the healing can happen so that healing happens in these spaces. So that's a quick rundown, y'all. That's a quick rundown of the artist heal method. I'm so excited to, to really share this information out. Um, again, resources and things are coming your way to be able to hand these things off to communities and be able to hand these things off to institutions to be able to incorporate them in their practices, processes, and policies. And in the next few episodes, we'll go deeper into each pillar and talk about the different aspects and obstacles that arise as artists when working and incorporate, incorporating this method into our individual practice or institution. So thanks again for listening. Thanks for joining me. Check out the workshop if you're interested. And as always, I wish you peace and healing. Until next time.